Disruptive CEO Nation is the place where young entrepreneurs and company founders tell it like it is when it comes to their journey, vision, technology, culture, and whatever they feel like. Your host, Allison K. Summers, believes how you choose to play the world is completely up to you, and her guests prove it. Now let's get disruptive. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation. Today, I am thrilled to bring to you Ari Mizell, and he is the author of The Art of Doing Less and The Replaceable Founder, and he has absolutely invaluable advice um, for our listening audience. So without any ado, Ari, can you introduce yourself and tell us um, who you are and more about where we can find out about you? Yeah, uh, also thank you so much for having me on the show. And uh, everybody can find out most about me at lessdoing.com, as in less doing, more living. And basically what I do is I empower entrepreneurs to become more replaceable. So a number of years ago, I had a, a health crisis struggle situation where I was extremely limited in my ability, uh, mostly in time to get work done. And through a long process of sort of self-tracking, self-experimentation, I developed a brand new system for productivity, which I called less doing with the goal of helping people optimize, automate and outsource everything in their lives in order to be more effective. And over the years that's grown into a, a coaching program, speaking around the world, teaching nine books and uh, courses and a whole bunch of other stuff to, to really help them be more effective. And in the last couple of years, that's morphed into more of a business growth framework, which we call the replaceable founder. And, and can you give us an example of some of the, maybe one or two of the founders that you've, that you've coached um, and, and tell us how, how you help transform what they do? Sure. Uh, I mean, I can't give you specific examples because of confidentiality, but I, I've worked with everything from solopreneurs to Fortune 500 CEOs, uh, even to the British government, actually. And for the most part, we see people that they're able to automate a lot of the things that they might have originally hired more people to do. So a lot of times we see people come to us and they're like, I need to hire more people. And that's almost, almost never the answer to the problem. So we always start with the optimization first, looking at how they're doing what they do. And then we look to automation because quite honestly, if you, if you give a human being a job that can be automated, then you are effectively dehumanizing them. And it's very hard to get people to engage with that work or feel empowered. So uh, oftentimes we find people working less on the things that they don't want to work on. So it's not just about like taking vacation. It's really about being able to focus on what you do best and what you really enjoy to bring the most value to what you do. Uh, but, Generally, people are able to run much leaner operations with less people, less physical space, often uh, less systems even, and uh, grow in a much more agile way. Yeah. So when we talk with, with our listening audience and people who are founders and are still in that really startup scale-up phase, I, I think um, it is difficult to know what to do in, in terms of hiring. And I know we've all talked about the value of, of virtual assistance. One of the things that resonated with me in your book, The Art of Lost Doing, is, is really that section on, on setting limits. And I don't know if you could expand on, on that for our listeners. Yeah, so typically uh, entrepreneurs are freedom-seeking individuals. Like that's one of the things that we often see associated with entrepreneurship is freedom. But the thing is that there's such a thing as freedom 
that is positive and freedom that's negative. So freedom from the nine to five or freedom from the grind would be sort of a negative liberty in some ways, whereas the freedom to do the things we want or freedom to take advantage of opportunities that present themselves, that's a positive freedom. So in, in doing so, in seeking freedom, we often eschew uh, limits and restrictions because it seems like they're counter to each other. But the truth is that the human brain does very poorly with too many choices and too much open-ended information. Whereas if you provide limits and, and oftentimes artificially restrictive limits, that's where I think true innovation comes across. Uh, and the, the, the best, most obvious example for this is something like MacGyver, the, you know, the TV show MacGyver. Nobody ever said to MacGyver, hey, there's a Home Depot across the street, go get whatever you need and come back over here and you know, break, blow up this building. It was always like, here's a toothpick and three paper clips and some Bisquick, now go blow up that building. Right? And that's where the innovation comes from, is having a restriction. And as entrepreneurs, we don't naturally have those in many cases, so we have to create them. So something as simple as saying, what would you do if you could only work an hour a day? That's a very, that, that's, that's the kind of shift that requires a completely different way of thinking in order to come up with a proper answer. Because at that point, the question is not what would you do, but really what wouldn't you do? Yeah, well, and I think this is, this is the beauty of, of what you talk about when you say you're an overwhelmologist is, is I, I think even in today's business, whether you're an entrepreneur or doing a startup or whether you're managing um, a very large corporation, um, this decision overload is a problem for, for everybody. Um, and so, do you have any other, other tips? I know in your, your book, you talk about attaching a new habit to an existing one, or you talk about the decision matrix. Um, is there something else that you could share with us as a tip for people? Uh, so that first step in the process to optimize on the outsource, the OAO method, as we call it, is that O, which is optimization. And it's very difficult, and it happens all the time. It's very difficult for people to be more productive when they really don't know what they're currently doing. And a lot of overwhelm simply comes from not knowing what's causing the overwhelm. And while that may sound circular, if you think about it, the way the human brain functions when there's too much going on is we just kind of like put our head down and keep going and we grind, right? So that robs us of the opportunity to look at what we're currently doing. So something as simple as bringing some self-awareness and awareness to the way the organization runs and getting out of that habit of saying like, no, well, why do you, you know, why do you do things that way? This happens to me all the time. So I say, why, why do you use that software? Or why do you hire people in that way? And the typical answer is, well, that's how we've always been doing it. Or, you know, that's how we've been doing it for the last six months. And that's a terrible reason, you know, to keep doing something, to do something because that's how you've been doing it. That's, that's, that's like, that's a vicious circle, right? So breaking out of that and just stopping sometimes and looking at like, why do we do things this way? What does the process actually look like? That can be the difference between making it and not making it for some businesses. Good, really great, great thoughts. Um, let's just shift a little bit because we, I know you talk a lot about the replaceable founder. And I, I know when people start their businesses, they, they look at it different ways. They, they look at it, some people start their business and think, I'm going to stay with this forever. And other people start their businesses and, and say, you know, I'm going to build it and I'm going to sell it off. Um, and no matter which they choose, you, you talk a lot about the replaceable founder. So can you share a little bit about the philosophy on that? Um, so the, the whole point of being replaceable, that's, that's what we're trying to give people, is so that they can have focus, flexibility, and freedom. 
And the focus is focusing on what you do best. Like we want people to be able to focus on it because I truly believe that if we just get all these other things out of the way and not look at necessarily uh, proactively seeking growth, but really getting rid of the constraints that are holding you back, then you'll achieve any success and more than what you had ever planned on. So that's the focus point. With flexibility, we really want people, and not just the founder, this is for everybody, we want people to be able to work how, when, and where they want to. Now, obviously, we have some restrictions around that because we have to work with other people in many cases, and you can't just decide, I want to work you know, from midnight to four in the morning because I want to. But having control over how you do your work and where you do it, you will be able to work more productively. So allowing people to work from home, allowing people to function in an asynchronous communication uh, sort of sphere so that they don't have to get on a live call or in a meeting just to get things done because you really don't need to anymore thanks to technology. Uh, and then freedom, which is really the ability, the freedom to take advantage of opportunities as they present themselves, uh, which sounds basic, but most people don't have that. So Ari, I'm gonna switch now. And um, I mean, you travel all over, you're so busy. Um, we're gonna talk about your, your podcast and how people can learn more from you in, in just a moment. But um, aside from that, you are a, a family man. You have um, four children, is that correct? That's correct. <laughs> so does your family ever call you out on this? Does your family ever say, okay, you teach this, come on, slow down, give us a little bit more time? Um, or have you really got it down pat? Oh, that, that, no, that never happens, honestly. Um, I mean, I, I, and that doesn't mean I have it done pat either. Like everything is sort of a journey, but I, I'm very good at compartmentalizing. And I mean, at this point, I, so I have four small kids, uh, six, five, five, and two and a half. And I work while they're at school. So I'm doing pickups and drop-offs. And when they're home after school, like that's family time. And I'm very, again, compartmentalized. So I'm not doing work during that time. So no, I don't, I don't, honestly, I, I'm happy to say that I don't think that's ever come up where my family has ever had to say to me now, like, uh, oh, can you stop, you know, doing work now and come do something with us? That, that doesn't happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> if anything, I, I, the, the work fuels my ability to be with the kids. It's not like, it's not a balance for me. It's an integration. Uh-huh. No, absolutely fantastic. Do you think that there's a, in, in the individuals that you coach and that, that you've worked with, um, do you feel that there's a, a difference between the way men and women prioritize their family? And that could be a dangerous territory in the question that I'm asking. Um, but do you feel everybody struggles equally with that in today's age? No, I don't. I think that there's different pressures put on different people, honestly. And I think that women still face a, a different level of pressure around that integration than men do, unfortunately. Uh, even though I think that the family sort of unit is a little bit more balanced now, and you have a lot more men who are staying at home while their wives may work, uh, I, I still think that there's like this weird societal pressure that is unfortunate. I, and I can give you a really specific example. Uh, you know, if, if my wife takes the kids to school and like one of them has a dirty shirt, like she'll get looks from other moms. And I've seen that. Whereas I remember this very specific example where I took my kids into school and one of my kids is one of the boys socks was falling down and I stopped him to pull his sock up. And I heard a mom behind me say, look at that. No other dad would do that. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> that's, that's like the, the bar is that low. 
it's ridiculous. And I, and in that moment, it was, it's just, it's ridiculous. So I still think that there is more pressure in some ways, but I don't think there's a different priority. And to be really clear, just because I do a lot of this stuff and I spend a lot of time with my kids, that doesn't mean that everybody else wants to or should want to. You should be able to do whatever is priority for you. The, the, the issue comes up when somebody says, I don't have time for this. That's where I draw the line because it's not true. It, you always can make the time if something is a priority. Yeah, no, it, it is. It, it is interesting. I, I think this is an interesting area and I know it's a, an edge of it, a tangent. Um, but as we're recording this, we're around a major holiday and um, I am a single mom, uh, executive grade job and my family members um, predominantly don't work, but yet I was the one volunteered to host this next family holiday. <laughs> and, and so you do every now and then you go, ha, huh, if, um, you know, are the pressures different and, and how do you manage the fact that I'm managing board meetings and international conference calls, but having to do the list for the family holiday meal. Um, so it, it is all, all different. And, and I think for that, no matter who you are in your journey, in your business life, and in your uh, dreams, you have words of wisdom for them, Ari, that there are certainly things that even reading your books um, or listening to your podcast that we might know, no matter where we're at in our journey, but you need to hear again, or you need to hear in a little bit of a different way. So for that, I, I do encourage our listeners um, to check you out. So tell us how we can follow you, how we can get engaged, um, what we should be looking at to find out more, Ari. Yeah, I will. But I, I just want to say one other thing about that point that you just made, which is in, in a supportive way to you, that your family probably realizes that if you want to get something done, you have to give it to a busy person. And you may be the <laughs> only person capable of actually getting it done. So, Well, uh, thank you. I will take that. <laughs> victim of your own success, but, you know, well-deserved. So, um they can find out more about me at lessdoing.com and all the stuff is there that we have a, we have a coaching program. We have a course called the replaceable founder. I have the books, the podcast, the blog, all that other stuff, but everything is at lessdoing.com. And uh, I'm at Ari Mizell on most social media platforms and happy to connect with any people whenever they have questions. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much for, for taking your time and, and to our listeners. If you liked what Ari said, please share this recording with somebody else. Please go and, and look him up, get engaged, because I, I read a lot of these things, and um, he's the real deal and has some great advice for those of us who, who are successful and take on too much in life. So Ari, um, awesome. Enjoy the rest of your day, and thank you for spending time with us. Thanks, Allison. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.